$100 million in jury verdicts and settlements for serious injury victims, medical malpractice victims, and surviving family members of wrongful death victims. Trial Lawyers for Justice. This is a firm that does not handle frivolous lawsuits. They go after insurance company money, and they're darn good at it. They don't sell their clients out or settle cheaply. Trial Lawyers for Justice, the firm that goes the distance for you their client. They treat their clients the way you would want your own family members taken care of. Nicholas Rowley, Dominic Pachota, and the other trial lawyers in the firm at Trial Lawyers for Justice, dedicated to representing the people and their families in Iowa, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, Illinois, California, Wyoming, and many other states. Trial Lawyers for Justice. $100 million in settlements and jury verdicts already in 2016. 888-811-0844. Trial Lawyers for Justice. Welcome, you're listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Today's show is going to be special. Who do we have on today? Uh, we got the general manager of the three-time World Series champion, San Francisco Giants, Bobby Evans, one of the bright young uh, executives in baseball, joining us to talk a little bit about what it's like running the front office of a major league team that's at the top of the game it's a nice little resume having uh three championships and, not, uh, not bad <laughs> every other year yeah in fact wait now this is 2017 yeah. it's kind of an odd year but eh, yeah you know they didn't win 2016 so we'll start all over again sure. another, another three p there maybe. you go all right at each commercial break we're going to ask a sports trivia question and uh you can listen on sports econ excuse me sports byline usa iHeartRadio. And uh, many other terrestrial armed stations. Forces radio? Armed Forces yeah. Radio, yeah. To our men and our servicemen here and abroad, we, we thank you for your service. Yeah. And uh, since this is February, it's uh, Black History Month. Oh. So uh, we uh, are going to have the trivia of African Americans in baseball. Love it. I thought that would be kind of fun. Yeah, that will be fun. Okay. This segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are still currently yielding over 7.5%, secured by Bay Area real estate, average loan to value still around 55%. Doesn't get any more conservative than that. In fact, you know they've done 1,200 loans and only two have gone into foreclosure. Wow. And of those two... It was the best thing that ever happened. Because, because <laughs> you had a hard making, time convincing those people who went into foreclosure. Well, it wasn't good for them, but yeah. it was uh, good for the company because oh, they actually made course. more money. Yeah, there you go. But it was, a, it was a friendly foreclosure, oh, yes. as they okay. say. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> All right. So when we come back, uh, we're going to have Bobby Evans on. Yes, of the um, San Francisco Giants. The San Francisco Giants, the general manager. And don't touch that dial because you're listening to Sports Econ 101 with Edward Brown and Bruce McGowan. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. This 
This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. For those that want to visit San Francisco's legendary Alcatraz Island, planning ahead is a must. As the official website for Alcatraz Tours, AlcatrazCruises.com provides the guaranteed lowest prices for Alcatraz tickets, which are now available for purchase up to 90 days in advance. In addition, visitors to Alcatraz will enjoy the added benefit of complimentary access to the current art installation, Shortening, Making Irrational Rational, which is available for viewing through February 2017 from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. daily with the purchase of a regularly priced ticket. Visit Alcatraz cruises.com today. What do you do if your child can't hear or speak? Where do you go? Weingarten Children's Center provides innovative and effective therapy and education services to children with hearing and communication challenges to show that these children can have a voice. Support our programs by attending Tee Off for Our Kids, our benefit golf tournament on Monday, April 17th, hosted at the exclusive Peninsula Golf and Country Club in San Mateo, with lunch, golf, and dinner included. Buy tickets or support today at listenspeaklearn.org. When it's time to get busy on Valentine's Day, celebrate your date the Trojan way. We got condoms galore, and that's for sure. Grab some when you step out to the store. Bare skin, magnum, ants, whatever. As long as you're wearing one when you're together, just wrap it up, wrap, wrap, wrap it up. On Valentine's Day, make sure you wrap it up. Wrap it up this Valentine's Day with Trojan condoms. Available now at your local retailer. Trojan, America's number one most trusted condom brand. Wrap it up, wrap, wrap, wrap it up. Trojan. One in three relationships start online and more start on Match than any other dating site. So if you're single and looking to meet people, you've got to get on Match. They're not only number one in first dates, but in second dates too. Meeting your match has never been easier. Just go to match.com slash together. And for a limited time, you can try Match for seven days free. That's seven days completely free to search and connect with thousands on Match. So go ahead, create your account now at match.com slash together. That's match.com slash together. Want to stay in touch with your favorite Sports Byline USA network hosts? Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Sports Byline USA. You can also see the latest news in the world of sports, learn about upcoming contests and giveaways, plus catch up on guest info so you never miss a moment with the biggest names in every sport. Football, basketball, baseball, MMA, and more. No matter where you are in the U.S. or around the world, you can stay connected to the host and fans who love what you love. So check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Byline USA. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, who's on the phone? we got Bobby Evans, the bright young general manager of the San Francisco Giants. Of course, the Giants have been one of the big stories in baseball the last uh, seven, eight years. They've won three World Series, made it to the playoffs last year, lost. No, no disgrace losing to the Chicago Cubs, who won it all. And Bobby, uh, i got to ask you, first off, I was on the way to doing this show listening to the radio, and lo and behold, I'm hearing Kyle Shanahan, the former Atlanta Falcons uh, offensive coordinator, who has now become the new head coach of the 49ers, along with the general manager, John Lynch, the former NFL great, and they're talking, and young fellas, a little bit younger than you, who are thrown into a position uh, where they're starting from the bottom, with both of them with six-year contracts, high expectations, maybe not initially, 
but there's going to be a lot of pressure on those guys. I always thought that your situation was maybe more ideal. Brian Sabian had brought you in, and i, I got to ask you, tell us about how that worked out, because I remember first meeting you when you were working in the front office, and you were kind of his understudy, and gradually he groomed you to take over for him, and he's sort of running the overall organization, but you're the general manager. Did that seem to you to be the uh, kind of the ideal situation so you could kind of learn on the job without having to you know, be in that pressurized thing of being the guy right out of the, out of the uh, shoot? Yeah, I think the toughest job in, in baseball is is not being a general manager, but being a general manager of a of a new club. And when you leave, uh, when you leave and go to a new place, and you've got to get uh, a grasp on you know, everything from player development, scouting, you know, your major league roster, your minor league prospects, your international operations, your international scouting, uh, your front office staff, your coaching staff, your player development staff. You you know, there's just so many aspects of of that, that I think is is much more complex. The systems, the internal workings, the you know the relative technology and, and value system and, and culture. I mean, those are things that you know, having been here now in my in my twenty fourth year, I, I've been here a long time, and so I've I've kind of grown with it and, and kind of had it, uh, a hand in helping shape uh, things uh, along the way, and as well as being influenced by by how we do things, and so. Uh, it's a much easier place to transition from uh, having grown up through the system and then become the general manager than to come in from outside and, and, and have to start from scratch. And so it's a, it's a challenging job regardless, but that's probably more challenging. Yeah, Bobby, I'm trying to think of like where do the where do the lines get drawn between you being general manager and then you've got Brian Sabian and then you've got you know, the owner – so, you know, about making decisions, like, you know, where's the, uh, I mean, we know the chain of command, per se, but uh, do, specific duties. Well, the model we have with, with, with us is that the general manager, I'm in the role to make those decisions. I have to, I have to uh, uh, ultimately, uh, you know, answer to, you know, ownership and answer to our fans. And, and ultimately, the, you know, the, the goal, of course, is to give us the best chance to win year in and year out and have sustained success, but ultimately I have to make those decisions and I have to answer for them. Uh, but uh, it's a it, it's an organization, again, that with the continuity that we've had that really starts with ownership, commitment. Uh, uh, it, it, it's a very, uh, I think, a very healthy model. Uh, you know, the, uh, the expectations are clear. The, the, the goals are clear. Uh, but, you know, there's limitations, too, that, you know, there's only so many things you can do uh, within your control, and some things ultimately get dictated, you know, whether that be by trade or by the relative cost of the market or, uh, you know, the, the makeup of your roster and, and, and the commitments that you've already made. Uh, but it's a it's a it's certainly a, a great organization to be a part of. And, again, it starts with that continuity of top ownership and the commitment that they have to all of us and, and helping us work together. I'm curious to talk about your roster because I covered the Giants very closely from the early 1980s through well into about 2006. You know, was with the ball club a lot, got to know you a little bit and Brian a little bit. And during those years, they had some great years. You know, Barry Bonds, of course, before that, Roger Craig and the Hum Baby teams. But um, generally speaking, Bobby, and we're talking with Bobby Evans, the Giants general manager, San Francisco Giants general manager. Generally speaking, those those rosters were made up of veterans that were that had been acquired through trade or free agents. And there were a certain number of homegrown players. Now the core of your team and really the, 
the essential court, Brandon Crawford, your shortstop, Joe Panic, your second baseman, Buster Posey, your catcher, your ace pitcher, Madison Bumgarner are all homegrown products, which reflects very well on you guys. But is that something that you consciously, that Brian talked about early on when he took over in the, in the early 90s with the new ownership, that you really wanted to emphasize? Because not that many teams are able to pull that off and, and make it work. Well, we're always going to be struggling and managing and, and trying to build from, from a strong farm system. I mean, every club really needs a strong farm system because if you just depend on a free agent market or just depend on the trade market, those are things you can't always control. You can't always you know, control what competition exists on a relative trade, and you certainly can't control the, the market and the rising cost of free agents. So it's, it's, it's always been our hope to depend as much as we could on our system. Uh, of course, you know, during you know, – during times where you know the club is you know, finishing in the you know top five or six clubs in baseball, the draft picks are much lower, and therefore you know those picks are not always uh, as quick to, to rise to the top. Uh, you know, in the case of, of you know Madison Bumgarner or Tim Linscombe and Matt Kane and, and some of those draft picks that help you know you know really build a rotation for us post the Bonds era. You know, we we really looked at pitching and defense as, as a priority. Uh, and then we benefited from a system that began to produce some position players and really started with, with Buster Posey's emergence as a frontline, middle of the order, uh, you know, all-star MVP caliber catcher. And uh, we've, we've benefited from, from that draft and beyond. I, w- I wanted to ask you about the Sergio Romo uh, trade. You know, as a fan, we we love them. Free agents, free, free agents. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, I guess what I wanted to get at is, you know, we all loved them in 2010 and 12, and last year. I mean, you know, as a fan watching, you know, I, I could kind of see he kind of was starting to kind of decline, and you were almost like a little anxious every time he got in, um, and then to find out that he's going to go to the Dodgers. You know, it just like what goes through. You know, tell us from a general manager's standpoint. You know, what point do you just go? You know. I, don't, I just don't think the guy has it anymore. Well, no, I think that I think that this guy he pitches so much with his heart that I think that he's he's going to be probably long before he loses it um, because he's he's so built upon his uh, you know his uh, you know, his guts you know out there and I think he did something very smart this winter too. He went out and pitched winter ball and built up his built up his strength uh, you know which. You know, tried to help overcome some of the setbacks and some of the lost innings that he had from being injured this year. So I, I don't doubt that he'll come back and be very strong. You know, next year. I think you know, what 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 you know what disappoints me the most is just that you know we didn't have an opportunity that we could give him uh, with the makeup of our roster and really you know the commitment that we made uh, in our closer. It really limited you know, how much flexibility we had to invest further in our bullpen and even as reasonable as a as a as a price tag as he ended up signing for, you know, it had just been hard for us to, you know, compromise uh, not only financially but also with the with you know with the guys we have on the roster in terms of adding them. So it was just hard to see him go. Uh, but we'll always be Sergio Romo fans. Sure, right. I mean, and again, as a as a as a just a straight fan, I'm not disappointed. Uh, in you know, in him leaving, just like I wasn't disappointed in Pablo leaving, as well as they did when they were really good and talking about win. Pablo Sandoval. Yeah, first, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just yeah. you know, just strictly looking at the you know, forget the emotions for just a minute, and just thinking, okay, we have to look at the future. You know, what is this person going to do for us in the future? Um, so, Bobby, uh, stay with us for just a minute. We're going to cut to a quick commercial break here. 
And, and he can we, take a shot at our, our trivia question, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But you uh, you have to wait till after we come back That's and break right. the answer because we don't want <laughs> okay. to give the audience gotcha. that. Okay. So, again, our theme is African Americans in baseball since uh, February is Black History Month. Who was the first African American baseball pitcher to win a world a World Series game? Okay, that's our question. All right, and we want you to email Edward at sportsecon101.com the answer to that question. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Bobby Evans, the general manager of the San Francisco Giants. Again, here's our question one more time: Who was the first African American baseball pitcher to win a World Series game? All right. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 is going to be right back. Tired of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall & Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt and Wall & Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall & Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves, and the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall & Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800-480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again, 800-480-5708. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure. 
foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our first trivia question, talking about African-Americans in baseball since February is Black History Month. Who was the first African-American baseball pitcher to win a World Series game? I've got a good uh, shot at that, but I'm going to let Bobby take a stab at it first just because he's a baseball guy, and he's a lot younger than me, but, but he, he might know. know his history. So, Bobby, you have any, any idea there? You know, I don't. I mean, I know my favorite... My favorite pitcher uh, of that era was was just looking back on the career, although he had a brief major league career with Satchel Paige, but I really don't know who won the first World Series game. I really don't. I I can take a pretty good guess. Go ahead. Uh, It's either Don Newcomb or Joe Black of the Brooklyn Dodgers. You have to choose one. I'll go with Don Newcomb. No! Joe Black! You're Joe Black. You know, it's funny. Yeah. I got to know Joe Black at, at spring training. He lived down in Arizona. He passed away about 10 years ago, but he sat next to me at several giant spring training games back in the 1990s and what a great storyteller he was don newcomb by the way is still alive i believe he's in his 90s and doing okay uh but joe black uh, was just a wonderful guy big big guy you know he looked like a a defensive lineman or something but uh, what a great storyteller well we got bobby evans the general manager of the san francisco giants on and edward you know we were talking uh, with bobby off air about Spring training, hard to believe. It's it's uh, just around the corner, and you guys kind of have to sort of. It's almost like going away to well, not summer camp, to spring camp <laughs> for everybody in your front office, the players. I mean, what's that like moving away for six months and you're away from your family, but it's in a nice atmosphere. But you're going to be getting down there uh, within about a week or so to get sort of set up for spring training, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a, an exciting time of the year because you you get you know, all your players back together and. Uh, uh, Sort of almost a mini reunion for a day or two before you you start seeing them on the field and and you get a chance to all the work that you do all off season and, and believe me baseball has been the forefront of our minds up here in the front office you know every day all winter and so for us to finally be able to sit back and, and look at the work uh, of, of what these guys have accomplished in their off season and start to see you know sort of the faces and the names beyond just the names that we've been looking at all winter. Uh, it's very exciting for us, and it's uh, it's very gratifying as well. Uh, and the competition begins, you know, the competition within camps, and also the competition with other clubs, and the building of your roster, and uh, a lot of exciting baseball. There's a lot of great fan support down there. It's a great environment. We have a spectacular ballpark in Scottsdale, it was arguably the best city in the Cactus League. And and for us, it's it's uh, a pleasure to get down there and and get close to the players and the fans uh, alike. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, too. I Speaking from a first-hand standpoint of being a media member who got to travel, uh, the radio station I worked for was the Giants' flagship, still is, uh, for many years. And, and, and there's something about the informality of baseball in the spring. Everybody's in a good mood. The players aren't on edge. It's not too hot. Yeah, you're away from your family, maybe, but there's hope in the air. Everybody starts off at the same level. Even the worst teams 
have hope that they might somehow catch lightning in a bottle. It has happened. Look at the New York Mets of 1969 for crying out loud. So being having the high expectations, though, that you guys have, three World Series championships. Last year you had a great first half, best first half in baseball, still made the playoffs, even though the Cubs knocked you out. What are the expectations like this year? Because you're going in with a little bit of a transition. you got a, a couple of your core players, uh, Buster Posey and, and Brandon Crawford, are both hitting 30. And there's a lot of wear and tear in those guys, so some of the younger players are going to have to kind of kick in, I would think. You know, it's always exciting to see what younger players uh, are going to come in and, and, and make a great impression. I mean, there's uh, it's not that long ago that Brandon Belt did that, and, hmm. and uh, Matt Duffy and Joe Panic have all done that. Uh, Christian Arroyo made a nice impression last spring. Uh, hopefully we'll see more of that this spring. But there's a, there's a good number of guys that you want to come in and, and, and compete and, and begin to get to know them, you know, what they might look like at a major league level. At the same time, you know, we feel like we're a stronger team going into 2017 with, you know, with Matt Moore in the rotation for a full season and uh, Eduardo Nunez uh, covering for us at third with his athleticism and versatility and, and, and on-base uh, uh, speed, uh, speed on the bases. And at the same time now with Mark Melanson in the fold as a closer. Uh, and again, with an experienced backup catcher, Nick Hunley, who you know you're going to pencil in the lineup at least 40 games to, to start. And we feel like that we, we opened the season you know, already uh, stronger than we were uh, opening the year last year. Bruce, did you say that Buster Posey is approaching 30 years it, it's old? It's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he we, still looks 15. I but, know. Well, uh, I mean, he broke in in, in 2009, and, and I know, Bobby, you value Buster Posey, and he's not, you know, he's not a dynamically exciting personality. He's kind of like you know a lot of people who are very successful. They just go out about their business very well. But he is approaching an age where a lot of guys start to break down. Is he going to have to see some more time at first base? Because this guy is such a great defensive catcher, not only a great hitter, but just a a terrific uh, guy behind the plate to call uh, the pitches and and also block pitches. But are you going to have to give him some time at first base to just keep his knees uh, healthy? I don't don't know that we will. I mean, last year he had a career high and he started. Uh, I think it was 120 or 122. Uh, so I'm not sure that we will have to see uh, a, a transition there. I, at least I'm certainly hoping not, because there's there's no doubt that with him behind the plate, we're a better team day in and day out. Uh, but but you know when 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 the body starts dictating some of those transitions, you, you have to, we have to respond as as does Buster. But uh, again, based on last season, uh, you know we, we know that he's healthy. Uh, you know that's a position where you're going to get banged up and you're going to have. Uh, you know, challenges physically day in and day out, and Buster certainly had them last year. Uh, but we'll be measured about it. We want to look out for him, and you know, we, we're in this for the long haul with him. But the longer we can keep him back there, the better. I want to ask you, Bobby, about the uh, relationship with the manager, uh, on you know, the on-field manager, uh, Boshi. How did – like – I'm wondering, like, okay, you know, you see decisions that are being – now, he's a very good manager, but every once in a while, you know, you'll see decisions that you go you, – you sort of question. As the general manager, you know, how much input do you, like, put in versus hold back? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's – it's. I think it's different, you know, with every general manager and every manager. I think it's, it's also very different when you have, you know, a Hall of Fame manager who has been uh, so successful uh, that – you know, I think that you just, you get to work, to, you know, we've worked together long before I became general manager, but now in this role, uh, I, I mean, he's he's tremendously uh, respectful and tremendously open-minded and, and also very strategic about how he prepares and how he uh, utilizes his staff and how he builds 
uh, you know, the lineup day in and day out. And so, you know, as much as possible, you know, part of my job is just to make sure that you know, the resources are, are available to him that, that help, you know, make some of those decisions easier. Uh, there's so much information out there today uh, that, you know, it's our responsibility to make sure he has it and has access to it. But again, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to you know, argue with the success that he's had and, and the, the caliber of, of person he is and leader he is and the preparation that he puts in makes my job a lot easier where sure. I think if you're dealing with a, a manager who's who's uh, experienced baseball guy but hasn't necessarily managed very long in the big leagues you know, it's a different dynamic but I, again I think I'm very fortunate we're talking with Bobby Evans, the very even-tempered, yeah. easygoing general manager of the San Francisco Giants. I think that's a key yeah. to Bobby's success is that he always seems to be the calm and sometimes what is the eye of the storm, and it's not an easy job. And, you know, Edward and I were talking earlier before we, we brought you on about this division where you've got a Dodger team that, yeah, they haven't had much success they haven't made it to the World Series since 1988, yet they've won, I think, four division titles in a row. They still have a very good team, maybe the best team in the, the National League West, and that's all with all due respect to your club. This is going to be a heck of a, a, a fun summer for Giants and Dodger fans once again. What do you, what's your read on what the Dodgers are going to be like this year just from an outsider standpoint as, as a competitor going up against those guys? Well, our focus doesn't get so much on the Dodgers as just our division. I mean, I think our division has improved in a number of different ways uh, with the different clubs. And, and despite the fact that some clubs struggled last year, despite making you know nice moves in the offseason, I think that they have chances to bounce back. And, you know, there's new leadership, of course, in Arizona, but there's continued strengthening of the pitching staff there in Colorado and, and their lineup. And uh, so th- there's, there's threats all around us. And so we... You know, we don't get too focused on just L.A., but you know, L.A. has to face these teams, too, that are, that are improving themselves. And so it will make for an interesting division. Uh, we know we play them a ton, uh, so we have to do everything we can to, you know, to, to compete within the division first and foremost because so, so many of our games come from there. And, uh, you know, Bobby, you got, you, know, you got all the analytics and all that kind of stuff. How often do you just kind of look at your, you know, trust, trust your gut instinct about something? Well, I think it's it's a combination. I mean, I think that the more you can educate your gut, the better your gut. Is. <laughs> so, so I think I think you know, looking at all the information, whether that's from your scouts or your or your uh, analytics uh, department and staff, or uh, just uh, you know, using the depth of experience that that we all have together, uh, it, it really helps solidify decisions. Uh, ultimately, you, you have to pull a trigger on. And what guy you're going for and what the situation is, but I think it's uh, there's a lot of information out there that give you a good hedge on where things are at and, and medical, medically and, and makeup of players. All these things are factors. It's interesting talking with Bobby Evans, the general manager of the San Francisco Giants. And you know, Bobby, we talked earlier about how you came aboard in the early 1990s with the new ownership. You were a young guy in your 20s you've you've been groomed into the position now you're in your 40s and you're you've been the general manager through a a glorious period the the best period in the history of the franchise since they've come to the west coast with three world series titles was this something back when you were 15 16 years old you must have been a a baseball player that you thought to yourself gee i'd like to work in the front office and and bobby we're going to let you answer that when we come back think think about (laughs) think about that because i'd like to get some reflection on your history yeah it would be interesting Okay, here's our uh, uh, second trivia question about African-Americans uh, in baseball. Who was the first African-American pitcher in the major leagues? Ooh, All right, okay. that's our question. Yeah. All right, 
question. You think it'd be kind of easy, but this one yeah. isn't quite as easy. Not that I think. Easy. No, okay. no, not as All easy. Right. For me, this isn't. It wasn't as easy. Okay. Right. That's not our question. Not an obvious name. Uh, no. Okay. Email Edward at SportsEcon101.com. The answer to that question. That's a good hint, though. Who was the? That's true. Yeah, yeah. So it's not Satchel Page. Not Satchel Page. Obviously. Okay. Okay. All right. Stay with us. Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back. How would you like to earn over 8% per year in your investment portfolio in a conservative investment that has been considered one of the best-kept secrets in investing? At Pacific Private Money, we are actually paying over 8%. Imagine what a mutual fund of low loan-to-value mortgages would look like. Well, that is very similar to what participating in the Pacific Private Money Fund is like, because we own many loans in the fund that are actually less than 60% loan-to-value. It would be extremely difficult to find an investment that yields over 8% with this much collateral. We pay you monthly. Can you imagine earning more in one month than most banks are paying in one year? Of course you have questions about how we can deliver this. So call Pacific Private Money at 415-883-2150 and we will answer all of your questions. You can also visit us at pacificmoneyfund.com. What do you do if your child can't hear or speak? Where do you go? Weingarten Children's Center provides innovative and effective therapy and education services to children with hearing and communication challenges to show that these children can have a voice. Support our programs by attending Tee Off for Our Kids, our benefit golf tournament on Monday, April 17th, hosted at the exclusive Peninsula Golf and Country Club in San Mateo, with lunch, golf, and dinner included. Buy tickets or support today at listenspeaklearn.org. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. For those that want to visit San Francisco's legendary Alcatraz Island, planning ahead is a must. As the official website for Alcatraz Tours, AlcatrazCruises.com provides the guaranteed lowest prices for Alcatraz tickets, which are now available for purchase up to 90 days in advance. In addition, visitors to Alcatraz will enjoy the added benefit of complimentary access to the current art installation, Shortening, Making Irrational Rational, which is available for viewing through February 2017 from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. daily with the purchase of a regularly priced ticket. Visit Alcatraz cruises.com today welcome back to sports econ 101 edward brown here along with bruce mcgowan here was our second trivia question who was the first african-american pitcher in the major leagues good question uh, you gotta 
you got an idea on that one, Bobby? Because I've got a few ideas, but I'm 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 not sure exactly. No, I'm still I'm still disappointed I didn't take a Joe Black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little before your time. It's even before my time, actually. That's this true. is back in the 1940s. I got, him, I got to know him a little bit when I first started in baseball, and he was an incredibly impressive person. And and uh, you know, but. What a delight. But, no, I don't know who, who was the first. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Black, because we talked about him, too. And, yeah, he was one of those. I think it was Black or Newcomb. I'm going to say no. That, no, it wasn't either one of them. No, but he, he did play for the Dodgers, though. It wasn't Black. It wasn't Newcomb. No. Who was it? Dan Bankhead. Oh, yeah, who was not a big name, but uh, is a name that is remembered by historians because he was the first. The first yeah. Wow, Very interesting. Good. So wow. who's on? Who, who's our guest on the phone now? we got General Manager Bobby Evans of the San Francisco Giants, um, and, of course, they've won three World Series since 2010. And we were asking Bobby before we broke away uh, about getting into this career that you've, you've, you've carved out for yourself, very successful, and, you know, being in the right place at the right time helps, but also a lot of hard work, smarts, passion, good people skills. I mean, when you were – when I was 14 or 15, I wanted to be a sports announcer. That's what I wanted to do. And, you know, I, I just went out and did it. Did you feel the same way when you were about that age, Bobby, or did it just sort of come to you over a period of time gradually? No, when I was a kid, I mean, I, I loved Carlton Fisk and uh, wanted to be a catcher. And, and so I, my prayer as a kid is that, that God would put me in the big league. And and it was years later when I was uh, in the commissioner's office and then later the Giants that I realized that, you know, God did put me in the big leagues, but I realized I should have prayed more specifically. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you play high school ball? You must have played some high school ball. College ball? Yeah, no, I, pray, I played high school ball. I ended up trying to make, uh, trying to walk on uh, in college. And I, I didn't know what Division One college baseball meant. I thought, you know, I could go in there and, and show my stuff and compete and, I got cut after you know, two days of workouts, and so I ended up playing club baseball, which was a great experience. But when you play once a week or practice once a week, you know you your skills decline rapidly. So, mm. uh, so I found myself, uh, you know, looking at other options and just assumed I would get into the business world. But after an internship with the Red Sox uh, it, while I was in college, it, it kind of opened my eyes that there was opportunities outside of just playing the game, and so I've pursued that ever since. Well, yeah, I was, I was uh, teasing um, Billy Bean uh, a couple of years ago when I said, hey, if you need any uh, relief pitchers, I said, I can throw in the high 60s. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta, you got to kind of figure, I guess, you know, at a certain point, and you were lucky maybe to get that uh, being cut early. Uh, you had to sort of, you know, figure out what you were going to do with the rest of your life. Now, you grew up in, in the New England area, Bobby? Yeah, we, we were in New England until I was in, uh, you know, third, fourth grade, and then moved to North Carolina. Oh. And, we, and we were there all the way through high school and then ultimately college. It's a good wow. baseball town, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you went from being a Yankee to a to a Southerner. That was a little culture shock, I bet. <laughs> huh? well, what was that like? Yeah, well, it was it was certainly different. I mean, the, uh, the experience was great. I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was hard to get used to living in a small town. I mean, a, a town with a, a sheriff that pulled people over if they went too fast through town, <laughs> up 25 miles an hour, and uh, one yellow blinking light. I think now it's a stoplight. Um one post office and a and an ATM machine. Yeah, it must have been Andy Griffith. And, yeah, uh, really. yeah, I was going to say Mayberry. Well, well it's funny because about <laughs> gosh, let's see. Back in two thousand five, uh, I went to Raleigh. And oh, beautiful town. It's a beautiful yeah. town. And the thing is, it's not like the South. I mean, it's the Research Triangle area. Yeah. Only about one-third of the people had a, a Southern accent. Yeah. You know, people from New York and all that. I mean, it's it's definitely different. 
Good, yeah. good baseball area, though, Bobby. I mean, uh, it's not like uh, maybe Southern California, but but uh, you, you have pretty good weather. You can play a lot of a lot of the uh, time well, college baseball. Yeah, good. college baseball is very yeah. good, isn't it? Now, where were you going to college? Yeah, I was at the University of North Carolina. Oh yeah, yeah. big school. So, so a lot of great ACC baseball, yeah. but of course, a good bit of minor league baseball too. I mean, a lot of a lot of te- a lot of teams right in, the, in one general area, not to mention in the western part of the state as well. So a great minor league baseball tradition. Who have been the guys that have kind of, obviously Brian Sabian, who, you know, for those of us, uh, those of our listeners who know baseball, they know the name Brian Sabian. He's been a part of the Giants front office since uh, since the early 1990s, took over when the new ownership, uh, Peter McGowan's group back in 93, came aboard. But, you know, obviously Brian has, has been a mentor. Have there been any other people in baseball, Bobby, that kind of guided you or inspired you and, and got you, you know, going in this career? Well, I think first of all, uniquely with Brian. I mean, Brian, uh, you know, in, in in his own way, uh, you know, has you know really helped all of us see baseball from a different perspective. I mean, he comes at it from a coaching and eventually a, a scouting perspective. Uh, but uh, Jack Hyatt uh, was our player development director when I first started, and he was really the guy I reported to on a daily basis a lot of the time. And I feel like he was a tremendous mentor in helping me understand player development and understanding the game, and then. And then Dick Pedro, really, from a from a scouting and player evaluation standpoint as well, you know, those really those three guys between Brian and Dick and, and Jack, I feel like I've gotten a master's degree in, <laughs> in baseball, and they they were tremendous uh, and, and continue to be tremendous uh, friends and, and mentors. You know, I can just imagine when you're scouting, it's not just the physical abilities. You really should get to know the the families. You know what the guy does off yeah. the field. Their values, their interests. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because yeah. you know, you get some of these guys who are just head cases sometimes. Well, we do have to always understand the full picture of the player, and there's there's sometimes there's only so much information you can gather, especially depending on the pace of of your evaluation and the opportunities that are afforded you. But our scouts do a great job because. You know, they're on the ground there, and they're able to, to see a lot of games, uh, but they're also able to get the chance to meet the families and meet the players and look them in the eye and, and help us understand who they are. And that's, and that's particularly true, of course, when you're talking about the amateur uh, athlete, but then when you get into professional baseball, there's there's a lot more information available because they're, they're much more visible. You know, I remember uh, like when Monte Ellis right, played for the Warriors, the more tattoos he got, the worse he played. <laughs> you know, I mean, he was kind of a character, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he but was. just you know, because so, you just wonder what goes through these guys' minds well, to have all these tattoos. And then you contrast that with a guy like a Buster Posey, yeah. who is like the boy next door, the perfect you know ball player. I mean, doesn't create any problems. Is is a married man, very very solidly got his feet on the ground. I mean, what's it like having a guy like him and? Can you tell us a little insight about Buster Posey? Because he's not somebody who goes out and courts the media. He's not somebody who's the most excitable guy to, to speak with. But he just seems like he sets such a great tone in your clubhouse. Well, he's very uh, he's very uh, uh, very strong in his leadership. Uh, his style style is, is probably a quieter leader than, than maybe other guys, but. Uh, you know, he he really sets the tone. I think in our clubhouse, and has really done that almost since he came up in '09. Uh, he's been a, a game changer in, in terms of how our, our clubhouse is structured and how it's managed and how its how the communication flow is. He makes a big a big difference in there. That's not to say, also, of course, all that he does on the field. But I think that he he is very much the family guy to speak of. But uh, you know, he, he's a man of conviction, and I think that that's uh, you know telling in terms of how he plays the game, but it's also telling in how he dedicates his time. 
you know, to his family and to, to causes that he believes in. Most recently, um, the uh, the effort in pediatric cancer. I mean, this is a passion of his heart, uh, him and his wife's heart, uh, Kristen. I mean, they're they're passionate about these kids and want to see uh, a difference made. Where so few so few of, of of the federal dollars go to pediatric cancer, and they really want to change that. And so they're they're making an impact. And I think that that heart behind Buster is, is not necessarily as visible, but it's uh, it's a very strong and passionate individual. It's a lot of fun watching him play. Certainly, uh, as we say, he's not the most colorful, exciting person, but that's not what he's paid to do. He's paid to play the game of baseball, and nobody plays it as well, I, I, I think. Uh, and, and speaking of teams that play well, I know, Bobby, you mentioned you're concentrating on your own team and not worrying about what the other guys are doing, but my goodness, the Chicago Cubs this last year, as much as it was painful to see you guys yeah. blow that fourth game, give them credit. They took sure. that game away from you guys, and they went all the way and, and kind of vindicated the fact that, you know, hey, we lost to the best team in baseball, the Chicago Cubs. I mean, you, you've watched them over the years. I mean, how good do you feel for them after what you had to go through getting your ball club to the World Series? You know, I... I, I... I don't know that I, I thought too much about uh, what it meant. I did think about I was told my daughter, I said, you know, you're eight years old. The last time the Cubs won, uh, your great-grandfather was eight years old. So <laughs> uh, it, it certainly it certainly gives perspective. Yeah. I, I, my hat's off to uh, Theo um, and, and and just the leadership that he, he brings there. Uh, Jed Hoyer, uh, I think that it's clear, you know, they're, they're a winning formula, a winning combination. They're they're, uh, you know, really good baseball people, and I think that their success, you know, speaks to that, not only in Chicago, but, of course, in Boston. So uh, it's it's a fierce competition for us because we know that, you know, nothing's going to be given to us. We've got to earn it, and, and we don't we don't disregard what other clubs are doing, but we ultimately you have to spend time, you know, making our, ourselves the best we can. But the first focus comes within our division and then ultimately the entire National League. Yeah, it's, it's been a fun Fun uh, several years here watching this ball club, and I know you know being a, a person who grew up here in the Bay Area and watching Willie Mays and Willie McCovey, then later covering you know the Roger Craig years and the Barry Bonds years, and coming so close, so agonizingly close, so many times in the in the eighties, nineties, and, and aughts, and then finally you guys break through, and then you win three in five years. I mean, is, does it almost seem surreal sometimes when you think back on on winning three World Championships and you did it? Two of those years, really, kind of an improbable fashion with wild card teams. Yeah, I mean, it did. I mean, it felt. I mean, at the time, you looked at it, just you know, you pinch yourself that we're in the situation, and uh, but at the same time, you look at the, the personnel that we had and the leadership we had, and that you know nobody deserved it more than those guys, and so uh, it, it was uh, you know very special. And again, our intention is to continue to try to build on that. I mean, there's there's a lot to be said of you know the Bochy Posey. A Bumgarner combination that have helped us win three, and hopefully there's more to add. Yeah, Hunter, Hunter Pence with those. Uh... Boy, he's a fun player to watch. I mean, I, I, you got to talk a little bit about Hunter Pence because you know I know he's getting up there in years, and he's he's uh, the way he plays, he goes you know, all out 100 percent every game, and and you can't do that. You know, when you get past about 34, you have to kind of throttle back. But I guess that just isn't in his nature to do that. I mean, that guy has got so much enthusiasm and excitement. How much fun is it having him on your club? Well, no doubt. I mean, he's a he's a fireball. He's a he's a, a significant presence. Uh, he's a 
you know, sets the tone, uh, helps build the culture, the winning culture that we have. And, and he'll have to continue to make adjustments. I mean, one of the ways he's been a leader is by being on the field every day. And so one of the things that requires, you know, as you get older is being a leader even when you're not on the field every day. And that's mm. really managing your off days strategically and, and trying to, you know, make sure that the, you know, the quality of your performance stays at its highest level. Uh, and ultimately the, the club performs at its highest level. And, and really that's going to be strategic for him as a, as a leader and as a presence in the clubhouse to say, hey, you can take an off day and still be a factor on this club. And, mm. and that's going to be a, a part of his leadership transition as he gets older. Well, Bobby Evans, uh, general manager of the San Francisco Giants, thank you again for spending all this time with us. We really appreciate it. Really enjoyed talking to you, Bobby. Look forward to seeing you at the uh, Fan Fest event this weekend. We'll see you then. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank all you. right. All right. Great Bye. guy. But, you know, Bobby, as we mentioned, not the most excitable guy, but again, I think that's part of the reason why he's so successful is that things don't really phase him. And, you know, I know fans love to hear people that say crazy superlative things, but sometimes it's good to have a, a kind of a wise, calm person at the top making the decisions yeah no, that, that is true <laughs> yeah. okay we're here's our last trivia question uh again we're talking about african americans in baseball since uh, february's black history month i got one right but i got one wrong y- that's right, that's right. <laughs> okay who was the first african american player to p- pitcher to pitch a no hitter in the major leagues good one yeah, this one, I mean, that's kind of tough. you got to be thinking about okay. that, this one. And yeah. i got to admit, I'm not familiar with this guy. It's not familiar with no. him. Okay. All right. Yeah, you'll probably know him just because you know everything about yeah, baseball. Yeah, yeah. I may know him, but I, I'm okay. I'm stumped right now. All right, when you mention his name, I may know him. You, I probably will. Yeah. He's got a nickname, too. Okay. All right. Stay with us. Sports Econ 101 will be right back. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. 
You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our third trivia question. Who was the first African-American player to pitch a no-hitter in the major leagues? Well, you you gave me a hint that it was in the 50s, yes. and, and I'm just... Okay, 1955, uh-huh. Cubs against the Pirates. Cubs so against Cu- the Pirates. Played for the Cubs. Played for the Cubs. He's got a nickname. Nickname is Toothpick. I still don't. I don't. Sam Toothpick Oh, Jones. Sam Jones. Okay. And it's funny. Sam Jones was the San Francisco Giants' first ace. Is that 1951, right? 59. I believe he won 20 games. He almost pitched a no-hitter for the Giants at the L.A. Coliseum against the Dodgers. But the game was called off after, I think, seven innings because of rain, believe it or not. Aww. And Sam Jones was, I didn't know he was African-American. He, he had a very um, like light skin. complexion, mm-hmm. but uh, he always had the toothpick hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. Okay, so so at least you do know no, the I name. Did not, I, I didn't and I sump did, you with, uh, like, you know, I'd never heard of the guy. Well, and I did not know that he pitched a no-hitter. That's interesting because, yeah. you know, he was one of my first boyhood heroes. I, really? The, the 59 Giants, they've been here a year. That was the first baseball team I ever really watched, and in, in you know because I grew up here in the Bay Area, and my dad took me to Seal Stadium where they played yeah. the first couple of years, and I didn't see him pitch, but I saw the Giants. Wait, and did you actually? That? No, I did. I saw he came on in relief in did the first he? game I ever saw with a toothpick in his mouth. I don't know about that, <laughs> but he was tough. He was he was a smart guy. He was a he had a great fastball, and uh, I don't know. I don't think he's around anymore. Uh, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Okay, so here's our thoughts for the day. The trouble with referees is that they just don't care which side wins. No, they don't. <laughs> Said Tom Canterbury. And they're not supposed to. <laughs> they're not supposed to, exactly. Precisely. Yeah. Tom yes. Canterbury. Can- Tom Canterbury. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, with money, with the money I'm making, I should be playing two positions, said Pete Rose. Oh, yeah. Like well, he, play, he played just about eight positions, didn't he? I mean, he played the infield just, and just, outfield. Uh, yeah. Started off, he, well, he started off as a second baseman. He played. That's right. I, he played third, third, third for a while. Played, played left field for a while. Played first, yeah. Yeah, I played first he, a couple times. I don't yeah. think he played catcher, though, did he? No, no. I think left field, third base, second base first base. Yep. That's yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, your host. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long.